0: Listen to Natty News. Hello everyone, welcome to Natty News, the nattiest news show in the world. My name is Anwar and I'm joined once again with my great co-host Pat. Pat, how are you doing today? I'm doing great.
1: Uh, A lot better than actually the uh, last episode, whatever (laughs) that was. Uh, Just feeling stronger and and actually got a lift in today because it's actually a Sunday
0: recording. It's good. Nice, man. That's good to hear. I lifted this morning and wasn't feeling the strongest, so I think the cut's been affecting me a bit, or it might be just an early morning start too.
1: Yeah, how's how's the cut going though?
0: It's been going really well. Um, only thing is, uh, I've been doing a lot more cardio, and my knee's been acting up a bit, so I took a break from doing any squats or any kind of like bending movement for just to rest it a little bit. And I actually bought a bike yesterday. So, I'm hoping to go get on, do some bike rides, just get some nice low impact movement in there, get some blood flowing. And also, man, it's been like, it's been so nice. So, I'm just going to cycle around. And yeah, I love biking around. Do I hear you talking about the weather? <laughs> <laughs> After I gave you crap about it. Oh, <laughs> oh, you did get me, man. You got me good. Oh. Uh hey but hey hey we should go cycling sometime man it's get some good natty cardio
1: yeah well you know after uh after i compete and uh finish this cut you never know i might fall off the bike i'm pretty uncoordinated
0: (laughs) hey once you learn how to do it you can't forget um yeah yeah but hey anything else going on with you anything you want to let the viewers know going on in the world of pat Wu?
1: um i'm happy to say i'm done my master's degree and uh it's i mean i probably look and feel a little bit less stressed out uh it's it's great i'm glad to be done i finished on like a random like sunday night at home when i submitted an assignment and i was like oh i guess that's it
0: (laughs) dude man congratulations i mean that is a huge accomplishment to get your master's done and it really does blow my mind though about like how much education you've really gone through and like how deep of knowledge you really have while i've just learned all my stuff from fitness forums and youtube videos (laughs) hey you need that perspective
1: too i don't i i never want to lose my perspective of like of of the like regular person you know i still like my bro splits and and, and my bicep curled. I don't, I don't care if it's not scientifically the best bicep exercise.
0: Yeah, you're probably one of the most educated bros I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, I'm an overqualified, overeducated bro. It's great. <laughs> oh, man. But once again, congratulations. And just reminds the listeners of the prestige and the care we take in Natty News.
1: <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> foremost Natty News show in the world, as we always say.
0: Yeah, actually, I have never heard CNN or CBC ever claim to be Natty. Like, just want to say they've never said that they were Natty certified.
1: I don't think they are Natty certified, to be completely honest with some of the things you hear. Uh,
0: This is completely off topic, but um, I don't know if you saw this. But one of the news anchors on CNN, I can't remember his name. I think it was Chris Kimono or something. Um, but he has a fake 100-pound dumbbell that he pretends to curl an overhead press. And, like, people were thinking it was real. So he would just be, like, randomly curling this 100-pound oh, dumbbell. And, like, people were thinking, like, yeah, he's a big guy. He could do that. <laughs> like, it was, like, on Joe Rogan and all that. It was the craziest thing. Like, because like, me and you know, curling 100 pounds is insane. I don't
1: think anyone can do it with no effort in the world. I think even the strongest guy, you'd have to try
0: and put something into it. Yeah, there was actually a video of a strongman competitor, like at World's Strongest Man, doing it, and he could do it. But he was like, oh, like really pushing for it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Chris Komodo, you're certified not natty for using fake weight. Actually, cancelled. Oh, man. Well, anyways, so today's topic is about Pat. It's about Pat bread and butter, his career. We are talking about personal training and whether you should be a personal trainer or not.
1: Yeah, Edward's about to end my entire career. This this talk (laughs) on Natty News, this is not a discussion where we do our usual... Edward's one of the greatest lifter I know, and then Edward's like, <laughs> Edward's like Pat has an Adonis physique, and he's the best trainer in the world. No, we are going head-to-head to head today on Natty Dude.
0: Oh, man. I mean, yeah, this is something I'm very passionate about and um, something where I really feel people get misguided about personal training. Um, and I mean, again, that's how Pat makes most of his money. Um, So this is going to be an interesting conversation. But before we kind of go into the feelings, I mean, I can admit there is value in personal training in a very slim uh, use cases. I think there's some good value in it, but (laughs) uh, before kind of delving into that, I think we should talk about what motivates people. Why did they get personal trainers? Like what are the goals of a personal trainer? So, from your experience, Pat, and some of our discussion, what do you think are some goals of personal training?
1: Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of common ones and I think you can go as deep as you like, but on the superficial level, you usually hear a couple. You hear uh, fat loss, you hear muscle gain. I think those are like the most common ones. And then usually kind of tertiary to that, usually hear like um, fear of going to the gym and wanting to overcome that. Uh I think another common reason is just not having motivation to exercise is another people reason people go for a trainer. Um, in some cases, it's like uh, because of prior injury that they go to a trainer to seek guidance on their exercises to learn better technique. Um, I would say those are the superficial reasons. I think the common theme in all those is uh, people – uh, have some established barrier to exercise that, that they've determined. And they hope that, and they think that the trainer will help them overcome that barrier. What do you think? Do you have any other things i missed?
0: You know, I, I agree with all those and those are all very valid. I think there's one more to where I think people have this feeling where if you pay for something, you get a better product. So like the idea is if I pay for a personal trainer, I will get to my gains, I'll get to my goals, faster and easier than if I didn't have one so I think it's this idea that paying for I mean that's how it normally works when you pay for something you get a better product you get better end results so I don't know what's the right word for that maybe prestige or idea of efficiency or something but I think that's another factor why a lot of people go for personal trainers I, I think I,
1: I agree with that. I th- I'm pretty sure that 100% of the people that pay for personal training believe that will get them to the goals faster at least initially like i i think and then whatever happens afterwards i think there are mixed results but yeah going into it i think people believe they're going to get a return on it
0: i mean and as they should be i mean again whenever you pay for something you expect um a certain result better than if you didn't pay for it yeah uh it
1: takes a special type of guy to pay someone that you think is going to do a pretty bad job for you.
0: yeah yeah that's true um but yeah so those look all pretty i mean those are all very valid reasons and concerns for a personal trainer now um maybe to kind of jump into it i feel though a lot of times personal trainers don't satisfy those and again i know i use this word a lot but i think a lot of personal trainers are charlatans
1: that is one of your five favorite words along with uh... Probably Adonis and, and and other things. Um, no, like I and I, you know, I think it's you know what, this is our podcast. It's okay to shit on people. I, I think that a lot of trainers are charlatans, like, um, and I think look no further than when you see things like uh four-week like summer ab shred challenge. Like, how are you gonna guarantee someone's gonna get abs? Maybe they're starting at 35% body fat, maybe they don't naturally show abs. You know, like. There's all these things and like all the, I think a lot of fitness statements you hear, 70% of them, they sound like scams
0: and a lot of them are. Oh man, dude. Oh, like this. I think we should also do an episode where we go through every single scam because I think we could actually talk about it for over an hour is just go through scams and explain like, okay, this, this is why this is DS. Um, But to kind of focus on personal training and one of the big things I have against personal training and one of the things that really uh, makes me feel the wrong way and it has to do with accessibility. Because for me, uh, I think going to the gym is one of the best things anyone can do in their life. Like you don't have to compete, you don't have to be like super strong or want to be muscly. I think going to the gym teaches a lot of great skills, builds up confidence, just makes you feel good and it's a fantastic thing for everyone to do. But I think the problem is, and a big thing in the fitness industry, is they like to put paywalls, these fictional paywalls behind accessibility. So if someone's coming in with no experience, they don't know anything about working out, they see from the outside, we're like, oh, man, like, oh, I should get a personal trainer, or I need to get a diet coach, I need to get all this other stuff, I might not make much money, I might be in high school, or might be like... In, in between jobs or something, and like, oh, I can't afford it. I can't go to the gym. Like, it's just too much money right now. And I really hate hearing this because one of the things I like going about the gym is: is this cheap? It's one of the cheapest things you can do. You can get like some cheap membership, go work out, have a good time, feeling good. But I feel though, personal training it creates this lack of accessibility, and it does it one from the image of it, and it does it another way too, where I think as a personal trainer, it's a bit counterintuitive to be a good one. From And what I mean is like a good personal trainer will teach you the firm, will teach you how to progress, will teach you basically everything we say here in Natty News. And then um, kind of then at that point, you, you're you on your own and then you lose a client and then, oh man, you're stuck. And then you have to go get another one. It's a whole mess. Well, like a, a personal trainer it's counterintuitive to be good. You kind of have to give like a little bit at a time. So the person has to stay dependent to you and they stay going to gym, so You can get that paycheck. And uh, I it just, it doesn't sit with me in the right way. A- and before um, I, I want to also emphasize Pat isn't like that. Like I've seen what Pat does for his clients. Like Pat actually does give good programs and all that. So I don't want to, I don't want people to think there's some Natty News beef. <laughs> oh man.
1: Um. Yeah. No, um, you know, I think, and we're warming up here, this is the point I don't really disagree with. Um, it's it's a high cost product. I mean, where we are in Vancouver, it's, uh, you're probably looking on the low end, at least at $80, upwards of $100, depending where you are. Like if you're downtown, it's gonna get up there. Um, and it is an accessibility problem. I think for a beginner, uh, if you are solely going to a personal trainer, like if that's the only time you exercise, probably you can't do one time a week. You're going to get, not going to get any results. You go three times a week. Like, honestly, if you're going to get results, uh, and then times four weeks in a month, that's like $1,200. That is, I think for, for most people, regardless if you earn a lot of money, that's still a significant sum of money. Like there's a very small percentage of people where that is just like a negligible throwaway amount. And some people will feel like they need to do that. And I, I do think that is a big barrier and that, as you said, um, fitness can be accessible. And like, I think people should know that there are also just like affordable options, like joining a gym. And I think even on the lower end, um, there are some really good uh, online creators that like have like $10 or, or even like a Patreon, like $5 resources, like those are also options for people. And I think people should know that. And then on the worst end of that is that you pay that $1,200 a month and your trainer sucks. Like, he's like, they're just trying to make sure you keep coming back. So they're actually holding you back from results and holy shit, those are the worst type of trainers. Those actually like, (laughs) first of all, they're scamming people. (laughs) Secondly, uh, people are not getting results. Right. And like they'll, um, and they're the type of trainers that are going to uh, blame their client for messing up. Like, Oh, you didn't adhere to your diet. That's why you're not getting results. I'm not going to do anything to uh, assist your behavior change or you're not getting stronger i'm sure it must be your your bad form it hurts uh your body's just not built for it like and those type of people not only did they take away someone's money but now uh the client feels like they're dependent on someone to work out like they can go on holiday have a gym and they're like i don't even know what the hell to do i'm like you've invested maybe ten thousand dollars in a person and you go to this place and you don't know how to do it like i'm a piano teacher like if if Someone invested $10,000 in me in piano lessons, and they went and saw a piano. They can't play it. Holy crap. <laughs> Biggest scam of all time. So I I, I I do agree with that.
0: Oh, man. I, I think the dependence thing really also gets me because um, I, I feel, though, a lot of personal trainers, in, in my eyes, I kind of see them as like glorified babysitters. Because in, in a, it kind of is a little silly in a way where you see these personal trainers, they come, they load the bar, they load all the weight for you. It's kind of like they're cleaning up for you and like doing all that. And then um, they have to motivate you to be like, okay, let's go five, six more reps. Yeah. Where I, I think like one of the most valuable things from going to a gym is gaining discipline. Where I think that's like the most, it's more valuable than the muscles. It's more valuable than anything is the discipline where I'm going to go here. I'm going to push myself as hard as I can. I'm going to commit to this and then I'm going to reap the rewards from it. Like building that discipline, like that's life-changing. That's more valuable than muscles. That's more valuable than like deadlift PRs or anything like that. And I feel though a lot of personal trainers they become a crutch where you don't really have that same discipline where you are kind of depending on this person to push you to provide everything for you to kind of keep you accountable while it really should be an intrinsic thing i feel
1: yeah and and i I mean uh i think to counter that point i i really do think that for some people uh who have that money to spare um and i i do have clients like that that it it is simply a convenience like it it just makes things easier. It's like just like hiring somebody uh, to do cleaning for you and, and, and to manage the house. Like it is a convenience. And and I do want to say that some people, um, honestly, when they come to work out, they just, uh, they don't really want to stress about it. And I, I do think that's fair. But I think on the other hand, that if you're getting that service, that trainer should still expect, you should still expect your trainer to teach you how to train at a very high level. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like getting, high level education like when i hear of someone that's been to a trainer for a prolonged period of time i should be thinking this person should know how to lift way better than the person who goes to the gym for a free membership because they have actually invested money in this education and i think um if you're not getting that then you are being shortchanged, uh like in terms of in terms of the person that you're you're kind of paying for
0: see you're bringing up an interesting point about education and so you're kind of saying that like what a good personal trainer not only are getting a good workout but you should also be educated is that kind of like what would you think would be one of the things you should look for yeah and and i want
1: to say that is not the norm um i've worked in multiple gyms and i've seen trainers that uh like literally your personal training session is basically they have on a sheet of paper their workout and the workout's just like okay now we're doing squats now we're doing push-ups now we're doing curls. Now we're doing sit-ups. Um, and there's never much context of why are you doing squats? Um, and and a lot of clients, they don't really understand, like, why are we pushing the failure here? Why aren't we pushing the failure there? Why do we rest longer here? That goes missing a lot of the time. And, and I think that I believe that you should always be educating my clients. I take great pride that my clients um, understand what they're doing. Like, if somebody was to ask them, uh, in the gym? Why are you resting 90 seconds after your set of back squats? They can tell, they can tell them why they're resting that amount of time and why they're resting less during like an accessory
0: exercise. Like
1: I think it's important that they know that.
0: And see, and like, I completely agree with you. I think the education is huge. And I mean, that's kind of a reason why I feel like maybe paying the premium would be worth it is if you're getting that education, because it can be a little tough finding all that stuff online. There's a lot of, a lot of people have an opinion and they're not all right. But it kind of goes back to my point before where being a good personal trainer is counterintuitive because if you teach people the programming, you teach them the exercises, what what are you left for? Um, It's kind of like uh, here's a little fun fact for you, Pat, where um, in the 1900s, they were able to make um, light bulbs that never burned out. Like, you could have, like, light bulbs weren't supposed to burn out, they could actually last for like hundreds of years. But yeah. then the light bulb company is like, wait, how are we gonna sell more? <laughs> so they artificially made them crappier so people would buy more. And so I think it's the same idea with personal training, where you can't be that good. You have to kind of be a little. Uh, you can't reveal all your hands. I feel.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can be that good, and but I think you, it, it puts it out there that you just have to have a hope and have a trust that your service is so good that um, people who have the privilege of affording it uh, willing enjoy just continue to show up. Like I, you know, I definitely have clients that like, yeah, I've coached them good enough that they only need to see me once a month or, you know, just, just to get a tune up uh, when they prefer it. And yes, I may have lost a few dollars there, but yeah, it's, it's definitely the tougher way to go. Like the easier way to go is to say, yeah, you got to stay on my programming uh, three times a week training, um, preferably five times a week. Uh, to get the best results like that is like that's the way to make the big bucks to be honest but it's it's um you know it it can be very dishonest and it's very common it is out there for sure
0: oh man well here's another thing though i feel a lot of personal trainers too they, they 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 might not be scammers they're not trying to scam they just don't know better like they have a very like small view of what like the fitness world is or like how to get this goal and they just fit that one hole and they just True. don't know more like i mean again we said we weren't gonna like um praise each other but i mean you have a master's like you are incredibly educated on this topic and like most personal trainers go to a weekend class like it's it's not even comparable <laughs> yeah exactly
1: and and um we'll talk about education later but you know it's doesn't have to be a degree, but also just like years on the floor uh, practicing. I, I genuinely think like if it's your first year being a trainer, you can't be charging like extreme premium rates and and you shouldn't be promoting yourself as such too. I, I was guilty of this too when I started being a trainer. Like, you know, you write your little like profile, cute little profile thing. And like just really like buffing myself up. Like, oh, I have all these accessory certifications and I'm like really experienced in this and that no if you're a new trainer i don't care if you've been lifting for 15 years you don't know shit and like you should um it's like i think a lot of people are dishonest about that like if everybody is really honest like i'm a trainer these are the things i'm good at these are the things i'm not that good at like if people were really clear and transparent on that it'd be easier to choose that service right whether or not you want to do it that's up to you but at least less people are kind of being lied to or being deceived when it comes to that decision
0: Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I remember, and this is a bit of a story, not as factual when I was like, I think I was like 20 years old and I recently moved and I was doing one of those free passes, one of a gym to check out. And with this free pass, you had to go through a consultation with a personal trainer before they would let you work out. And okay. I, was a little, I was like a little grouchy. I was like, man, okay, I just want to work out. I don't care about this. I'm not going to hire you. And then this guy was like, asked me like, oh, what do you like to do? Like, what are you training for? And I was like, oh, I, I want to get stronger. And I, I like to power lift and all that. He's like, oh man, yeah, I love seeing guys just crush PRs and stuff and stuff. Like, man, I can get you so strong. Get, I, 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 It was a sales pitch and I was getting a little annoyed at the sales pitch. So I remember I asked him like, okay, well, um, I want to deadlift six hundred pounds. How can I do that? And he just kept on giving buzzwords about like, oh, well, we're gonna really emphasize that as fast rich muscles and we'll do a lot of explosive work. And I was like, okay, yeah. you're like how would you do it? How would I get for, I can deadlift about like five thirty right now. How am I getting a six hundred pounds? Like tell me exactly what you're gonna do for yeah.
1: me. you know what a really good trainer would have said. what? like what would they say <laughs> with with on the first day meeting you? a good trainer would say, I don't know if I get you to 600 pounds. Like real talk, like how the fuck do I, do? like you could have been uh, made for all I know, you could have been working out for 20 years and you could have been busting your balls to get to five thirty. Maybe there isn't 70 pounds in you. Like the fact that he was like, yeah, I'll get you 600 pounds, man. That's, I, I think that was like, that was like a no no there. Go away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, again, I think most people, they know when they're getting sold to. You. And like, that's like, I mean, if you actually ever take any like real like business sales and marketing class, one of the things is like, even knows when a salesman's selling to them. You have to like, when you sell a product, you're trying to fit, you're trying to make sure that it can fit into that solution. You just want to sell buzzwords. So, and it was very much very like annoying and it kind of, I mean, again, I already had a distaste for personal trainers, but that was like, man, like you don't know what you're talking about. Like I, I, I was being a bit of an asshole, but I was like, I was thinking like, you probably can't even deadlift two plates and you're telling me you can take me to 600.
1: Yeah. And, and I think um, that's really common. Again, I have been guilty. Like I think a lot of the newer trainers, they, they just step out of their scope very often uh because they're and and again this is part of this it's a systemic problem because uh if you work for a gym like you you only get paid when you work and there's pressure from the gym for you to get people and you start trying to take on clients for goals that you honestly like don't think you can do like like i i remember because i started out working at a gym with like elderly people there was like simply a client that just had so many like problems like all sorts of musculoskeletal problems that honestly I wasn't equipped for. And and luckily, eventually, I just referred them out to a guy that was smarter than me. But a lot of people do that. They'll, they'll take on people with maybe injuries that they don't know how to handle or people with goals that are like way too lofty. They're like, I don't want to lose 150 pounds. They're like, I can get you there. It's like, can you, <laughs> right? And like, or goals like you coming in saying you need a 600-pound deadlift. Like any average trainer be very hesitant about trying to take on that client because they are going to be very displeased right uh if you can't get them there
0: yeah exactly and again i think looking back now i understand where that person's coming from where you know what they got to make money and yeah they don't make money unless they train someone and i get it it's a tough world and it, it can be really tough on that And it really is a systemic industry problem and yeah you you know I, I think about it and people are uh, probably the obvious argument to what i'm saying is like okay how am i supposed to learn like if i'm not going to take a trainer how am i going to learn if my firm is right and all that and i understand i think i came from a really privileged background because i think a lot of people really helped me out and i think i am a bit harsh on personal trainers because i've had such a good uh, amount of support like i mean you and i started lifting really early on and even though You know much more now. Like thirteen-year-old Pat knew quite a bit. Honestly, I would say thirteen-year-old Pat was better than most personal trainers. (laughs) Um, He was making money earlier. (laughs) And like, um, just thinking of like another bit of an anecdote. You, um, me and you, we used to work at this community center a lot, right? And do you remember the guy we used to nickname Chest Bra?
1: Yeah, I remember Chest Bra.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Ayers, I remember one time I was talking with him, and so. Uh, for those not On The Loop. So Chess Draw was a nickname we gave to this guy. He was, I think, like in his early 20s, big guy, man. Like he did some powerlifting. He could bench three plates like nothing. Really nice guy. Uh, Anyways, and he would be like the gym attendant of this community center. And I would talk to him sometimes and I would ask him for some like tips and tricks and like uh, even some firm checks. And he was always super helpful, really nice and gave some very good advice. And I remember I was asking him, because he used to do personal training, I blatantly asked, like, hey, do you think it's worth it for to get a personal trainer? Like, I really want to try to get strong and all that. And he he kind of blatantly told me, like, hey, man, listen, just go to the gym, keep doing what you're doing, keep lifting heavy, eating, just do what you're doing now. Because, like, a personal trainer, like, I'll be honest with you, man, I just help, like, I just sit around and um, babysit and pretend to motivate people, like, he was very blatant with me where he's like, uh, you don't really gain anything from it. I can see you have a fire. You're you're going to work hard. Don't waste your money. You're a teenager. Which, uh, looking back, it was very cool that he said that because I'm sure he could have used the money. <laughs> yeah. That's,
1: he's the most honest scam trainer ever. <laughs> Shout out to chess Bra.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think that's one thing true about a gym where like, In the gym, a lot, like, you want to see everyone succeed. Like, I'm sure it's happened to you where people ask you, like, hey, can you give me a firm check? Or, like, hey, I noticed you were doing this. Can you show me? And, like, I, I mean, I'm always happy to do that. And I've asked people to show me stuff before, too. So I think that, like, the gym is a very friendly community in a lot of ways. And I think I've learned the most from just asking, you know, the gym bros, like, hey, how do I do this? And a lot of times they give pretty good advice.
1: I will, I will say, though, that, um, you know, I, I, I do think there is a lot of, like, bad culture in the gym nowadays, and and I do think we we kind of, I think we went to places with, like, a pretty positive environment. Um, you know, obviously, we worked out of school, and we worked at, at those community centers that had a lot of people that are willing to help, but there are a lot of people out there that, like, are super intimidating. There's some people that will give bad advice, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you, you will often look to the big guy in the gym and think, okay, like he probably knows what he's doing, but you know, sometimes they're not natty and they're giving you advice on how to, how to lift or, <laughs> or, um, you know, sometimes they don't have good form. Like, and a lot of people can get away with good form, but not everybody can. And what's right for someone, uh, might not be right for you. And, and that's where, like, I would say getting professional level advice, whether that be like free on the internet or professionally from a personal trainer is valuable but again the question is like how do you sift out who is a good professional and who's just like someone trying to scam and make a a quick buck off you
0: no you're completely right about that actually like i'm kind of saying this where i think me and you were very privileged in that where we actually were in good communities and a lot of really good strong helpful people gave us fantastic advice and mentorship and as much as we want to push it forward not is as lucky for that and also like um Again, I think maybe some people might not be comfortable doing that. And that's, you can't expect someone to be like, hey, the only way you can get good, get strong is you have to go talk to this big, uh, intimidating guy. So that can definitely be really tough. So I think now I bet I do understand a lot more the need for personal training, but it still, it really does irk me about how many people get like misled from personal training. And I, I guess one of the big reasons we're making this episode too is about like, listen, if you, if you don't have any friends who can help you out, or if you don't have, uh, if you don't feel comfortable asking for help or filming yourself and posting it and doing all that, and you really, and you think a personal trainer is right for you, we want to help you get the best damn personal trainer you can get. We want you all to get the patch out there. We want everyone to have a patch level personal trainer because there are no, no very good personal trainers out there, just few and far between. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and honestly, if one of you viewers are, like, looking for a good trainer, like, I am, like, very lucky to be connected with, like, a big network of really good trainers. Like, uh, you know, not just in Canada, but in some other spots. So, yeah, like, you know, we at Natty News want to help you sift it out. Don't get scammed.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I think there is a value in the personal training if you really, like you don't got any connections like the ones we did and you do want to get into it. But again, uh, I think we want to really emphasize the pitfalls of personal trainers, but with all my negativity and all my criticism out of the way, let's kind of go to a more positive end and talk about, okay, you want to get a personal trainer. How should you pick one? Like how should you find one? What should you look for in one?
1: Yeah. Um, I'll give my thoughts first. Um, the question I've I've uh had to answer and think about many, many times. Um, you know, I, I go through that uh imposter syndrome of like, what the hell am I doing here? Am I scamming people? <laughs> um, so I so I think, you know, I think actually the most important thing is is that uh they're transparent actually, like beyond all the other stuff, because a transparent person will um, show kind of exactly what they're all about and and you know not to pump my own tires but I, I try to be like really transparent like on social media and things like that um just like as simple as like if I'm showing my lifting I'll show myself failing or I won't just show myself at like angles that like make me look really buff and nice uh things like that um or that like you know when you hear them talk like oh people are on like stories right now and they talk about stuff like you know, is it always talking about trying to sell something or are they providing something that's like genuinely of, of, of good value? And, you know, do they show like a, like a friendly, genuinely friendly personality, like someone that actually sounds like they, they give a crap about the shop, um, beyond the buck of it. And I think that if you look into it, like you can, you can tell, like there's people that are just genuine about their craft. Um, that's obviously more of like a soft skill thing. Um, I think easy one to, to see is like do they walk the walk uh you know if you're looking for a personal trainer first of all uh they need to have done like strength training cardio training uh they need to have shown that they've done that very very well um they should have good form <laughs> if your trainer has bad form like it's fine if you're paying them five bucks but don't be paying ninety dollars for someone who's going to teach you to lift incorrectly Uh, So walking the walk is huge Um, experience of meeting like goals that uh, you have met or experience helping other people meet your goals. So um, I work with a lot of like elderly people, for example, and uh, a lot of them have, uh, for example, I've had joint or knee replacements. I am too young, hopefully, to have a knee replacement. So I can't have gone through that goal myself, but I have helped uh, some of my clients who've had. Uh, a knee replacement to get back to uh, walking, squatting, jogging, like the things they've, they loved. And like, if you can see that testimonial and you're that person uh, looking for that help, you're like, okay, well, he's at least done it with someone else. Like that is a very important baseline. Um, you know, that's unlike the trainer that has never worked with a elderly person and they're like, yeah, I can fix your knee. Nope. No physio. Like, you know, you hear stuff like that, a uh, big red flag, Uh, And then lastly, you know, everybody will want to talk about education. Um, And I think that, uh, you know, I think the certifications, they, it's not that they don't matter, but I don't think the certifications make the professional. Um, Just because someone has a CSCS, Strength and Conditioning Coach, or their kinesiologist, or they've got like their like functional, like magic uh, arm growing specialist, whatever certification, um, (laughs) it doesn't make them a good trainer. Uh, what makes them a good trainer, I think, is a combination of the theory um, and also their ability to put it in practice. So if someone's been a trainer for like five years and they've got lots of great, genuine testimonials and you've heard them talk and they have at least like a critical approach to working out, it seems like there's progression. It seems like it's they're adaptable, like the way they train adapts to you and not just you have to adapt to their their are uh, very hard ass training style. I think about they have all those things um, that can actually indicate like education level a lot higher than some other things. Um, and I don't know if you've uh, checked out, like heard of the like knees over toes guy that's been on the Internet.
0: I've actually seen some of his stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like knees over toes guys didn't do a degree in kinesiology. Right. Yeah. And I ain't gonna lie. At first, I was like, "This guy's a big scammer" because his video sounds so quick, bitty, and he does all the, like the ab angles. Yeah. But I look into it, and I realize he takes some of those points. He has gone through the goal himself. He's broke his knees and he's fixed them. He's also helped other people do it, and I know not just like people from the internet, people, but in my community who he's helped. Um, and he has a critical thinking approach. He uh, his favorite saying is like, uh, "I want to teach you to." uh get active doing something at your level. Like he emphasized your level. Like you don't have to do the freaking crazy squat right now, but there's a way we can modify it for you. And like, when you hear someone like that, you're like, okay, at least I'm probably going to be in good hands. And this guy like has a human heart. Like he's got empathy and he's got, and he's, he's uh he's got desire to help. And I think that's, that's important. But
0: yeah, that's my take. Um, I will first of all agree with, practically all of it but also wanted to say with the knees over toe guy um i remember actually i was watching one of his videos and i thought the same thing as you like this guy's just like he's being a bit of a scammer like maybe not scammer but he's kind of doing some um click stuff here but uh, when i actually watched one of his videos about i think it was actually hamstring mobility and he was suggesting me similar stuff you told me i was like <laughs> Oh boy, this guy knows <laughs> what he's talking about. <laughs> so like, oh, uh, no, I, I need to watch more of his stuff. But of the stuff I've seen, it's good information. Like I need to take into account some of his tips, but um, no, really been enjoying his stuff.
1: Yeah. And actually last point in regards to like using him as an example is um, he'll do things and regardless of whether you agree or disagree, he always explains why he's doing them. And I think yeah. a good um, trainer will always do that for you, right? I don't think everything I ever throw at my clients, they'll love, but at least I explain it. And they can, they know why I'm giving it to them and they can try it. And if they really hate it, they can let me know. But at least they know that's important.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I just want to bring up more about like the education point, because I think not only in lifting, but I think in a lot of facets of life, people put education as a gatekeeping. And I feel like, though, even if you're educating something doesn't mean you are more capable than someone that didn't have that formal education. Uh, Again, like it is maybe a little rare, like, uh, but I mean, I'm sure I studied electrical engineering. I bet you there's a hobbyist who just played with electronics for decades who knows far more than I know, even though I went to school for it. So I think you can't always judge someone based off just a piece of paper. And I think with personal training, that is incredibly true. Since again, uh, most personal training certifications, aren't very rigid they're not like some extreme program where it's super hard to get through and all that you can pass
1: those and have no idea how to train people actually some of them have outdated content some yeah some very <laughs> sketchy ones oh man yeah yeah some of them will give you actually wrong content so
0: it's yeah. Exactly. So it's kind of like I feel though those certifications, they mask people's incompetence. And it's it really is kind of hard sometimes if you're a beginner to see if someone is truly um knowledgeable or truly the one for you. Because I think one thing you and I can agree on is like, if they keep on mentioning fads, like, if they're like, okay, we're going to get you on a fat burner keto diet and then do a bunch of hits and you're just going to shred off all your weight. Like, for me, when you and I hear that, that's red flags. That's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you sure that's the right way to go? But yeah. there are a lot of people they are like, oh, wait, I've heard of keto. Yeah, no, that seems like that seems to work. And like, hit, oh, what's that? That seems really yeah. fancy and advanced. And it's hard, though, I think, for some people who have no background on being uh, being able to dis- distinguish between these fads and this marketing and sales pitch.
1: Yeah, well, especially when um, they're they're taking advantage of people's vulnerabilities, right? Like they they're not selling the diet; they're selling like this is going to help you lose weight fast. And for some people, where for whatever reason they really desire that, when you catch them at the right time and frame of mind. That's that's where you drag people into something that that honestly it's, is probably not going to work or can be long term damaging
0: yeah i mean i think one of the big advice is like if you you really want to find someone who emphasizes learning and i completely agree with you i think the learning that's what you're kind of paying for i think i think you're paying for the learning where um like for me i learned practically everything i know from gym bros youtube videos and fitness firms and i mean i still have a lot to learn and a lot to figure out and i mean i spent a lot of time on that so if you don't want to spend your time doing all that uh hiring someone that's the luxury. You hire someone who's gone through and learns all that for you, and is teaching you that you're not paying someone to help clean up the weight or um, telling you to get an extra set. You're paying someone to teach you and for you to learn from. So I think that learning thing is a really important part about when you're picking a coach.
1: That that's actually yeah, that that's actually a great way to. Uh, we're not disagreeing enough. This is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no that's actually a great way to rationalize it though that a lot of the value in a trainer is what you learn and even you know even if we're talking about like them yelling at you to finish a set, um the hope is that we can i could actually argue that that's learning something um you know something for me when i got uh my olympic lifting coach jeremy is uh when i did 80 kilo snatch it got in my head and i just like would whistle in it a lot and hey if i can learn from it like okay like how to push myself because we talked about how to push yourself in the gym, truly taking an exercise to, to the edge of your ability or truly being mindful about exercise while you're doing it. That's a skill too. And like, that's something you can learn. And, and if you're learning a lot then then perhaps, uh, it really can be of great value to you.
0: Yeah. Oh man. It's all about learning, man. Um, but yeah, so, all right. So we spend a lot of time talking about in personal in-person personal trainers but uh actually before i transition is there anything else you want to talk about this topic before we go over to our other one um
1: no i think it's it's pretty good um well what's your final take on on in-person training who should Uh, get it who shouldn't what are your biggest quips against it
0: see i mean you can call me a meathead you could call me um uh just your gym bro but i i do like kind of the the grind of like you know doing your own research and going through and really learning the stuff and that whole process and asking for help and learning from others like I really love that and I really think that's a great way to learn a great experience but I admit it's not for everyone first not even has that option and two not even that's not really interesting to them or it's not worth it for them and I get that so I think if you want to get into lifting but you don't have any other resources, be it friends or um, family members, and you're not comfortable with asking and figuring it out, then I think a personal trainer is really, it can be a great resource for that, but be incredibly cautious. I think you should be, you're paying good money, so you should be very critical. If someone's not meeting all your expectations, there are a ton of them. Uh, So really go out and find yourself a pat. <laughs> another, another day another plug uh, no I
1: I I agree with a lot of that I think um yeah I, I think it's a big investment and and it really uh it really pays to take your time and kind of sift out uh what might be right for you um and if if you don't know ask like look for social proof from them uh do what you can um and i think as you start working with a trainer a good trainer is really gonna like educate you empower you like you should be learning a lot and and hopefully it should also be a lot of fun like um you know back when we were uh young and learning from youtube channels like yes that was free education but i I would say like that was training that we got like we were having fun we're like oh damn like there's uh you know like for example uh like pull-ups this way they work more your lats and then we learn another day pull-ups this way they work more your biceps hey that's pretty cool or like we could do a drop set or or um here's another way to superset it with exercises um you know hopefully a good trainer will inspire you to inspire you to get uh have a lot of fun not just with the lifting itself but also like learning about your body and its capabilities
0: oh yeah man no i i completely agree with that and So yeah, so we spend a lot of time talking about in-person personal training. And one, because in my opinion, I think in-person is the biggest scam. Well, actually maybe 50-50, but two also, because it's the most common. When people think of personal training, they think of one-on-one in-person personal training. Yes. But what we also want to talk about is online personal training. And see, I actually think online personal training can actually be more useful and better but for different reasons uh but before we kind of go into that let's maybe talk about what would be online personal training like i know you do a lot of online personal training so what do you offer in your programs yeah
1: um i think there's multiple types of online uh training so what we're not talking about is like uh for example a lot of like fitness influencers like steve cook for for example like he has like an app with like he just posts his workouts and you go and like do his workouts. That's not personal training. There's nothing against that. Like, that's cool. You get a workout, you get a service, you get to interact. Um, but pers- online personal training is where you get, you should be getting a, uh, in my case, uh, we do a personal consultation. I ask uh, the person about their goals. Uh, so for example, Anwar, your goals are to uh, lose some fat while uh, maintain your lifts uh, while being able to keep up with uh, all the cardiovascular activity you do. You also have some knee pain. So we want to make sure Uh, hopefully that we can address that maybe get it better or at least not have it get worse so we do consultation and then um, in at least in the in the form that i promote uh, you get a personalized program uh whatever amount of days and frequency that you want uh a good program should make it very clear to you what all the exercises are you should not be looking at uh ball reverse hanging Uh, sit up and be like how the hell do I do that and what muscle does it work Um, and and uh, with online training so I provide the programming uh, with like video demos explanations and also uh, video feedback so uh, you should have the power to send in videos to your coach so you can learn about the technique because again the that's a big part of it like learning to get better with that and getting competent Um, and also uh, communication is the last thing that's part of it like I'll text my clients back and forth throughout the week. They also log all their workouts. I can see uh, what weights they did this week. Um, you know, if if I notice a week of no workouts being done, I'll go and check in and, and uh, you know, ask if they're okay. And it's really someone that's where personal training uh, in person, they are hyper-focusing you for that one hour you're together. Um, With online, a lot of it's asynchronous, but you actually get, I find, a lot more regular communication throughout the week. Um, And you get a touch on a lot of the little things. You can talk about sleep and rest and nutrition and and, uh, rest times and this and that. Uh, There's a lot more other things you get to get into with that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, um, that was a great explanation of kind of what is offered. And I think one of the things I really like about it is that When you're in the gym, kind of the onus is still on you. For you're pushing yourself, having that discipline. Yeah. And what I think it really helps with, and I think one of the hardest parts of lifting, especially when you're in that intermediate to um, more advanced phase, is progression and programming. I think programming and progression can be incredibly difficult, especially after you've been lifting for a couple of years and so having a personal trainer an online trainer that kind of maybe has some expertise and really does understanding the programming could be very invaluable for you to help crush through some prs and make some gains so i think and again um one another reason too is financially it is far cheaper i mean yeah um an in-person session can be like a hundred dollars a session where online programs are normally around 100 ish a month so yeah it's, it's much more affordable and again you're not limited by like oh i can only go twice a week because that's the only time my trainer can see me i can still train pretty often and recurred all that stuff so i think the value of it is having that third uh, that um not third sorry that second perspective looking over your training and being like okay here's what we need to work on here's what you're missing and really kind of help tackle the problem of How do I get stronger? How do I get bigger? How do I improve my cardio and all that? So I think that type of like training can be really valuable, and I would actually say maybe even more valuable for intermediate and expert lifters who, again, programming is complicated. Even I, I don't think I'm the best at programming. So I think it would be a. I think that's a lot more worth it in a lot of ways. But with all that being said it is also there is so many bs online coaches like you always hear this celebrity influencer coach just copy pasting programs and diet plans not giving any feedback not doing any of that stuff like it is there's so much trash out there when it comes to online training too
1: yeah uh that is that is so true and and uh you know online the, the whole field of online coaching is a topic for another day but online fitness coaching becomes really common because it's so with the internet nowadays, anybody can just go online and start calling them a fitness coach if they worked out a little bit. And here's the thing that I don't think a lot of these people understand is that um, coaching online, even if you've coached in person coaching online really is a whole different skill. Um, I had to learn it uh, You know, when I started doing online coaching, when things shut down and What's really hard is that you no longer get to see your client lift. You don't get to see, uh, you know, if you program in a max deadlift, they are on their own. If they decide to super round their back and that's the only way to you know how to deadlift and they snap their stuff up, there's nothing you can do about that. In the gym, you can tell them, stop, 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 right? Like there's nothing you do about that. And the big thing with online is you got to start thinking about all those things in your head. Um, what are the possibilities what is your client good at what do they not understand what do they understand well and like yes you come out with like what just seems like a piece of paper or like a list of exercises but with a with a good service there's a lot of thought that's been put into that to hopefully make sure that that you are kind of like built for success here
0: yeah and i would say though one of the easy ways to see if you're in a good program or not is how do they take your feedback like, yeah. I know you and I talked about this and you were mentioning you do this for your clients, where if your client is saying like, hey, listen, I can't do this exercise for X, Y, Z reasons, or like, you know, I really don't like doing this for whatever reason, you take it into account, you start adjusting everything and you give them back, like you maybe change stuff and then you provide the reason why, or you might not change it, but you still provide the reason why. And that's important is like you're paying for that feedback. You're paying because anyone can go online and be like, you know what? Let me do like um, starting strength. Let me do five, three, one. Like those are all good programs. But what you're paying for again is those comments and those feedback and that way to adjust stuff. That's the value. And so if they don't Great. provide you with that and like it's crap. So I think that's like an e- a very easy way to see if like, someone's actually doing some good online personal training or if they're just stringing you along yeah huge and i think
1: again it always goes back to education right um you know a 5 3 one program it gives you the programming and if you know how to lift you can definitely succeed um but let's say your coaches gives you five-three-one, but a good coach at least like for example if you're like okay why is it an eight in week four now we're at 90 percent for three like why is that or why is it that in week six, suddenly everything dropped off? Maybe you don't know what a deload is, or you don't understand it. Your coach can give you context. That's actually very, um, in terms of your fitness journey, very life changing. Like, oh, I see. Like, there's there's deload weeks, or oh, this is why we have to rest longer in between sets. Like, um, if you can learn something out of it, that's a lifelong thing for the rest of the time you lift. Now you know something new that can really enhance your experience.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, like even going beyond that about like, okay, like maybe um, uh, we adjust some of the accessory movements too. like, Hey, I noticed you have a weak lockout. So maybe um, we're going to throw in some rack pulls too. And just like kind of that um, critical thinking to help build you up even better in the program. Like, I think that would be really valuable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, you know, I truly do believe in it, but I also truly think that, um, it's a whole. Even compared to regular personal training, it's still a whole different skill. And and um, if you're looking for someone, uh, you know, uh, do try to make sure that they're they're actually very competent. It's not. It's definitely not easy. I don't think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And again, I, I do feel for people who, because I think me and you, we can see BS pretty pretty well. I think we can smell it out. But again, if someone is coming in, you and again, this is what I really hate: is that they really can get, um, tricked easily. And then it kind of blocks it. It causes this accessibility issue. And yeah. So uh, again, uh, I love the fitness world, but I think the fitness industry, man, there's some, we need some good people in there, Pat. So as much as I crap on personal trainers, I'm happy there's people like you. And I mean, also like your coach, uh, I was able to meet him. Fantastic guy. So good to have people like that out there. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's huge, you know, it's, it's, um, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll get into our, our, uh, our hall of fame guy later, but you know, a lot of it is that over the years, um, it used to be that, you know, information used to not be able to come so, so quickly, even at the time of just televisions, right? Like, you know, you, like going on the internet fitness content wasn't so much, there wasn't like 50,000 contrasting views mm-hmm. nowadays, every single guy says something different. It's hard for someone that, like, if if I lost my memory and I had to start again on fitness today and I was, like, on Instagram or on YouTube, I'd be like, huh, he said that, he said that. Like, what is correct? And it's really hard to know. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of great channels. Like, I don't put out that much. Um, like, some channels put out full-on big videos of, like, free informative content. And that's awesome, too. Like, that's such a great way to start. And those people are doing very important work
0: yeah exactly exactly no i mean uh, that's the thing though there's like insane amount of resources online and i mean that's kind of also why we do the natty hall of fame and all that to kind of maybe promote some of those good ones out there but as much as there's good stuff there are a lot of people trying to make a quick buck out here
1: yeah exactly And, and i think you know um like for your argument that like everyone can learn about fitness uh online because that's there's so many resources That's both the good and bad thing to it, in my opinion, because, uh, yes, you can find the resources. Yes, they're free, but with so many contrasting opinions, like who do you listen to, right? Do you, do you listen to, uh, uh, like V shreds or do you listen to Steve cook or do you listen to Athlean X or do you listen to Pat Wu? Like who, who do you go and (laughs) Who do you listen to? You don't know, right? Like they all sound serious. They all have the certification, um, you know, uh, they all apparently have a thousand testimonials. Who do you like? Who do you pick? It's very, very difficult.
0: Yeah. Do you know what? I I wish Mike Chang would come back from six pack shortcuts to, to reveal the truth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like towel pushups.
0: <laughs>
1: Were they a scam? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. the towel rose, you mean? Oh, man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, we've talked a lot about, uh, I mean, you know, I always talk crap about these awful personal trainers and these charlatans, but let's talk about a Natty legend and the Natty Hall of Fame. Uh, this is only just a Hall of Famo. This guy, this is Natty history and a Natty legend. This guy, like when I was reading about him, and you already know a lot about him, Pat, Is it's really amazing the stuff he's done and how he's pushed forward to fit this community a lot. So I-, I want you to have the honor. Who are we inducting into Natty Hall of Fame?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, today, uh, someone that I-, I used to see in commercials as a kid. Um, it's uh, it's Jack LaLanne. Uh, you know, we talk about the godfather of-, of fitness. I'd give the title to this guy because he uh, actually, I think, ran the first television show uh, fitness-oriented in the West. From what I know, he he had the Jack LaLanne show from 1951 to 1985 where he uh, came on weekly and just gave good fitness content, content that still stands up today, I would say, you know, talking about uh, the distribution of a meal, not necessarily measuring meals, but like having your serving of, of meat in, in a fist, like having serving carbs and your vegetables, eating fruits, um, you know, uh, doing exercise that are accessible. Like he... he he was very fit himself. He was a guy's a monster, but he didn't like start telling him, "Okay, yeah, just do uh, sit ups and squats." Like, why can't you do that? No, he started with like basic exercises. Uh, he liked jumping jacks, um, which, for all I hate about them, they are very simple and accessible. And I think he transformed a lot of lives. He it was free content um, for for everybody to view uh, that had a television, and and it was high quality. And you could tell he was just um honest about it. You know, regardless of whether some things don't stand up scientifically today, he always gave his reasoning for why. And he was always very sincere about it. And that again, we've mentioned is is a huge thing in a trainer.
0: Man, I cannot agree more with you. Like and I think one of the things too is he kept it simple. Like he made he his show was really just like motivating people. To just get up and move. Like it, we're not trying to train for the Olympics. We're not trying to train for a big thing. Like just get up, move, get a little active, and all that. And he was advocating for you know just eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, um, and just a, a really good uh, diet and exercise. And was just really building upon that. Like, and I think I one of the big things he talked about was just like the fitness. It's simple. Like we all know we shouldn't be eating processed foods. We all know sitting on the couch for 10 hours watching TV isn't good for you. And I think he just gave that gentle reminder of us just going out there having fun. And uh, one other thing is he himself was like, he's like a humble guy too. Like he understands the Travis, he understands the difficulties, but he also understands this. You have to start with that little step.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, like very accessible and, and, uh, Something else I'm reading about here here is that he actually um, uh, coached uh, people who were elderly and and physically disabled um, to exercise. That that's very revolutionary uh, for the time. You know, I think even going up until today, there's still a lot of narratives that uh, elderly people shouldn't do strength training and things like that. And you know, that's not the answer. It's like elderly people should do strength training, but the barrier there is uh, a great educator, and and this guy was. This guy was great, like at, at educating. Honestly, of like if he was around today and there was no other fitness content, I'd be out of a job. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't need to work. Like, it's it's honestly good, good content um, that's applicable and and done in a progressive way that everyone
0: can try. Like, like yeah, it's amazing. Well, and you know, I have to also emphasize this guy was just not some TV host. Like this guy was a serious uh, fitness guy. Like he's had some crazy accomplishments. Now, I want everyone to listen to this. At age thirty-five, he did a thousand jumping jacks and a thousand chin-ups in an hour twenty-two minutes. Now that's exactly. mind blowing. Is not like, it that's... push-ups? And... it's push-ups and chin-ups, that's even crazier. That's harder. Oh. My Wikipedia article says jumping jacks and chin-ups. Oh, either way, whatever he did, <laughs> that's insane. Like that is actually mind-blowing how hard at it, and he did it at 35. Like my goodness, I, I think 0.001 percent of population could do that at any age. Like you could take like a supreme athlete, and that would be tough. I, I got I
1: got more accomplishments. So at age 70. Which is that's crazy. Uh, handcuffed, shackled, and fighting strong winds and currents, he towed seventy boats with seventy people from the Queensway Bridge in the Long Beach Harbor to the Queen Mary, which is one and a half miles. I can't even swim one
0: and a half miles, and I'm also twenty-four years old,
1: and <laughs> I'll have seventy people to towed. That's crazy
0: oh my goodness man um a- another one is at 32 years old he claimed a world record of 1033 push-ups in 23 minutes
1: holy crap okay
0: let's put that in context how many do you think
1: you could do in 23 minutes
0: oh man dude i think 200 i think i could do 223 minutes
1: yeah like i think about like about like 10 a minute on the minute would get pretty hard like Maybe if if like something huge is on the line, maybe three hundred.
0: But he did a thousand. Like how? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I I'm saying two hundred would be tough. Like that's not an easy two hundred. And so like he did five times that. And also he's double my age.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, This this man's amazing. Like I, I think he checks all the boxes for a great trainer, um education, transparent. Uh he, he, he really helped make it accessible, like, on TV and just giving, like, an assortment of advice. And he, oh, man, he really walked the walk. Like, and he
0: swam the swam. Like, he, he just did all the things. I do have to say, he has one flaw. And I, again, like, it's really hard to find anything wrong with him. And this doesn't take away. He did invent the Smith machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so, the, like, I, again, I the- it doesn't take away anything from him, but is one flaw is one oopsie.
1: <laughs> true, true, true. I Smith mean, machine—it's it is brilliant. He also invent i think he also invented the uh, pulley machine, though. So I think uh, cable machines uh, owe it to
0: him. So okay, yeah, you know what? I that's forgiven. You know what, the Smith machine is forgiven. It's, but he invented the pulley machine, man. Yeah, he, he's done a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, we owe our face pulls to him
0: and i mean also uh it, his whole thing was proven like he lived up to 96 years old and people were saying even in his 90s he was still doing regular exercise he was still moving around so i mean the man lived an amazing life and has helped um, a ton of people like a real true inspiration and someone who really owns it's such a like he really understood it. He really understood this, the simplicity and importance of just moving around and eating right.
1: Yeah, and and you know, a, a huge part of um, health, I would say, it's not always how long you live, but um, just being able to keep a high quality. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I'm of the opinion nobody knows how long they live, but uh, if we're as physically fit as possible, we can, we have more possibilities. I don't think that's debatable. and, and he was able to do workouts into his nineties. You know. Uh, you know walking and working out and and i'm reading this this quote here and and uh he said like uh when people asked him like holy crap he still works He's like yeah if he said if i died people would say oh look jacqueline died he didn't practice what he peached, preached if he didn't work out so he just kept doing it oh my goodness man that
0: is that is wild <laughs> oh man
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So I think uh, there's no debate about it uh, contrary to what, what we did today with our debate, but I think he deserves to be in a Natty Hall of Fame, also an inductee as a Natty legend and also a piece of Natty history for all you listeners.
0: Definitely. And you know what um, I, when we were researching this, I found a quote of his that I think would really be good and kind of exemplifies the message. So To kind of end, we want to mention Jack LaLanne and his message of dying is easy. Living is a pain in the butt. It's like an athletic event. You've got to train for it. You've got to eat right. You've got to exercise. Your health account, your bank account, do the same thing. The more you put in, the more you can take out. Exercise is king. Nutrition is queen. Together you have a kingdom. I don't think I could sum up any fitness advice better than that. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) Oh man,
1: that's that's amazing. That's I've actually never read this quote before. That's
0: that's amazing. That actually that justifies it right there. That is why we do it. Yeah, no, beautifully said. And Jack Lalanne, thank you so much for all you've done, and welcome to the Natty Hall of Fame. Absolutely. All right, Pat. Any last things you want to say? Um,
1: you know, just the usual. I think we'll be up on YouTube again. Uh. This week, so uh, make sure you subscribe to us. Um, I we guarantee that watching the YouTube is more fun than listening to us as a podcast. Uh, <laughs> you get to, you get to see us laughing at each other and flexing and do whatever we usually do. Uh, you know, make sure you subscribe. Oh, oh wrong arm. Twelve <laughs> inch arms continue, but uh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, we're always on Instagram, Natty News Podcast. You guys know it and. Uh, we'd love to hear feedback. This is a very interesting episode. I think, uh, you know, I don't think we came up with a definitive answer of about training. And we'd love to hear views, whether you are a trainer in the industry, or whether you're someone that has ever thought about getting a trainer, or maybe you never thought about it. And you're thinking about it now after what you heard. So
0: love to hear your thoughts. Definitely, definitely. No, this would be an interesting one to hear other people's experiences. And hey, you know what, maybe some people wish they got a trainer instead of going like, the route I did or other people did. And yeah, it'd be great to hear those experiences. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Anything else from you, Anwar? Uh No, I think we're good. So if that's it, well, I hope you all keep on making those Natty Gains and Natty News out. Natty News out. Hope you all enjoyed this week's episode of Natty News. If you'd like to learn more, be sure to check out our website www.natty.news. As well, check out our Instagram Natty News Podcast and Facebook page Natty News if you want to get a bit more Natty information.